Leave it to a Dominican. I was telling a Dominican priest friend about witnessing my female dog whelp her first litter of puppies. It was the first birth I'd ever been witness to, and I was moved. I made a comment, and he couldn't help but use it as a teaching moment. I'll tell you more coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. This is the show that focuses on spiritual direction, helping each other as brothers and sisters move more deeply into relationship with Jesus. And we do all of that with the help of our gifted spiritual directors. Yes, so I was telling my Dominican priest friend, and we're very good friends, by the way. Um, I wouldn't out him like this if I didn't know him so well. But I, I about seeing my dog give birth to a litter of pups. And this is, again, the first birth I had ever witnessed. And I was trying to convey the depth of feeling that accompanied the event. So in my description to my friend, I said, man, you know, they, they talk about the miracle of birth. But, and on that phrase... My friend just said a quick, subtle, uh-oh. <laughs> I know him well enough. He had some quibble with something I'd said. So I paused my story, and I asked, okay, what? Well, he said, it's just that giving birth is a natural process, so technically it can't be a literal miracle. Rather, it's nature functioning in the way it was designed. All right. Dominicans need to, you know, get their get their terms correct. And I, I appreciate them for that. Um, and OK, Father, lesson learned. But you know what? There are a lot of legitimate questions about miracles, especially since they tend to defy explanation. And many folks do have miracle stories. Well, here to direct us through a discussion on miracles today on The Inner Life is not a Dominican, but a Jesuit. Father James Kubicki, a well-known name here on Relevant Radio and a regular spiritual director, director for us here on The Inner Life. He also serves as a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and also gives retreats and missions around the country. Father Kubicki, great to have you on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you, Patrick. It's good to be uh, talking with you. I we uh, I, I forget when it was last that I was on the Inner Life show, and you were filling in. But now you're the regular uh, interviewer and host, so I'm really pleased to be working with you again. I'm pleased to be working with you as well. It's good to hear your voice, and I look forward to our discussion today about miracles. And maybe just as a jumping-off point from the story that I shared, when we're talking about miracles, how would you define it, Father? What what are we talking about when we talk about a miracle? Well, it was interesting. You know, your Dominican friend, uh, basically, you know, I, he hit the nail on the head. He said, you know, um, processes of nature are one thing but a true miracle is something that you uh, we would say is is part of supernature it's it's not natural it's supernatural so it it doesn't mean it's uh alien to humanity because we're all children of god and so for for those of us who believe in a divine power in god uh, what we would say is when God intervenes in uh, a very clear and active way, um, 
that's him acting supernaturally, as it were, kind of above nature. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't call it outside of nature because it's happening inside of nature, but it's above nature. It's it's not a natural process that is occurring, but God's intervention in a way that is supernatural above nature. Right, right. I'm sure my Dominican friend would be quick to, to note from St. Thomas Aquinas that, of course, grace does not destroy nature but perfects it, right? So um, very good. And uh, we have, as and one of the reasons I think we're focusing on miracles today is because for those of you who have read the Mass readings or have been to Mass today already, you've heard a great miracle story from Acts chapter 3 that we had. Um, it's when Peter and John were going up to the temple area uh, and they see this man crippled from birth, and he's begging there, and they call attention to themselves, um, his attention to themselves. And he said, I, Peter says, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. Um, so what are some significant aspects to this reading, Father? What, what really strikes you about what's being conveyed here? Well, first of all, you know, this is the first miracle that happens after Pentecost. Now, Pentecost itself is a miracle, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the way people understood the apostles preaching, even though uh, they didn't know the exact language. You know, there was a miracle happening at Pentecost. But this was, you could say, the first miracle after that, where John and Peter are walking along and they encounter uh, the paralyzed man. And Jesus had promised, he said, the things that I have done, you also will do. In fact, you will do even greater things. And right. so this is what we see happening here in the story from the Acts of the Apostles chapter 3, where uh, through the the prayer of, of John and, and Peter, the prayer for the paralyzed man, God intervenes and brings healing to his paralyzed limbs. And so I think what's significant there is, you know, to be mindful of the fact that miracles uh, are something that that God intended to happen. Uh, that's why Jesus went about um, with physical and spiritual healings. Uh, but he wanted his body, the church, to continue that work. And so from time to time, God does intervene through the intercession of, of the church, through people, through the intercession of the communion of saints to bring about uh, physical or spiritual healings. I, I think that's what's most important is that it's not the people themselves who are doing the healing, but it's God working through the intercession of uh, his body, the church. Right. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I fully understand what you're saying there, Father, that, of course, it's God who's doing the action of the miracle or bringing about the miracle, right? But it's it's fascinating to me. It's always something that's worthy of reflection that he still continues to choose to do that through humanity. I mean, uh, through through Peter and John in this case, that we can be vessels of God's miraculous intervention in the world today. Does that still hold true today? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and that's because, you know, as, as members of the church, members of the body of Christ, uh, Christ is alive in the community. He is the head. We're the parts of his body. And so uh, he is at work through us. 
in various ways through works of mercy, some of which are, as we heard in the story from the Acts of the Apostles, some of which are actually uh, out uh, above nature. I wouldn't say they're outside of nature because they're happening within nature, but uh, it's with a power greater than a natural power. Right, right. Wonderful. Our spiritual director today, Father James Kavicki, who is a spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary in the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and a retreat and mission giver around the country as well. We're talking about miracles. So do you have a story, a miracle story in your own life? Are you witness to a miracle? Has a miracle occurred to you? What did it do for your life of faith? Uh, how have you seen God work in, again, not outside of nature, but in ways above nature? Give us a call. Join the conversation. Our phone number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, or send us an email. We're checking that regularly throughout the show, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Again, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. So um, in the going back to the Acts story for just a moment, Father, before we move on from it, um, mm-hmm. What do you think is important in this miracle that the man went to the temple to praise God after this happened? What is what is significant about that? Well, again, in line with what we're we're talking about, Patrick, that um, while they're grateful to uh, Peter and John, who were the instruments that God used to bring about this healing. Uh, the man recognizes that it's not a magical power that uh, that John and Peter have. In fact, uh, when they heal him, when God heals them, heals him through their intercession, um, they say in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, the Nazarene. So they heal him through the name of Jesus, making it clear that it's not some kind of um, magical stunt that they're doing, but that it's with the divine power, uh, the use of the divine name. And so it, it strikes me that he goes to the temple in order to thank God. Uh, for uh, giving glory to God. God is the one who healed him. And so he goes to the temple to give glory to God. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a tie there too, isn't there? That Jesus, uh, of Jesus being the promised Messiah, the Jewish Messiah that was promised, that there is a direct tie in between or between the life of Judaism and this new Jesus Christ in whose name this man was just healed. Wonderful. Um, I would It'd be great to spend the rest of the hour just unpacking that, exegetically unpacking uh, Acts chapter 3. But we we should move on as we're talking about miracles. Got a lot of questions. I'm sure you have some questions, too. If you do have questions about whether an event that has occurred to you in your life, whether or not that's miraculous, give us a call. Ask Father Kubicki, our spiritual director today, 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. In the Catechism, Father... um, Jesus accompanies his words with many mighty works and wonders and signs, is what it says in paragraph 547, which manifests that the kingdom is present in him. I guess what I want to ask you, Father, is how dependent is our Catholic faith on miracles and whether or not we witness them? That's a a very good question, Patrick, and I'm sure it's also on the minds of many people, uh, because when we read the New Testament, when we read the Gospels, there's a kind of a tension there, uh, because on the one hand, uh, in John's Gospel in particular, it refers to his signs, 
signs that point to the kingdom of God breaking into the world. And so the first of the signs is the wedding feast of Cana, where Jesus changes water into wine. And then we have uh, a, throughout Lent, especially this year, uh, in cycle A readings, we had the story of a blind man being healed. Uh, we had the story of the Samaritan woman um, who Jesus healed, I think, in a, a very spiritual way. We have the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. And all of these are referred to as signs that God is at work through Jesus. But then when, when we read some of the other gospel stories, uh, Jesus is critical of those who look for signs. Um, mm, and right. and he, he basically is saying, no sign will be given to this evil generation except the sign of Jonah. And as Jonah spent three days in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man spend three days in the tomb um, and then rise from the dead. So um, there's this tension. The signs do give witness to the divine power at work in Jesus, through Jesus. But Jesus also cautions people not to rely on on the signs. Um, and so when we have, you know, the wonderful, um, we'll have this story on Sunday in the gospel where Jesus appears and Thomas is not there. And uh, Thomas says, I won't believe unless I can actually touch the wounds and um the next week, Jesus appears and invites Thomas to touch his wounds and to believe. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. And Jesus says, you know, blessed are those who have not seen and who believe. Right. And so he's he's basically um, praising those who um, don't have to wait for a sign in order to believe, but believe on on the word of God itself. And so I, I think that's what we're all, all called to. You know, it's it's wonderful to, to have signs and we have seen signs throughout the history of the world, throughout the history of the church. But what Jesus praises is uh, that if we believe without relying on signs, we are especially blessed because we're taking his word for it rather than uh, actually seeing something. All right. Well, uh, Father, all these talk, all this talk of signs brings to my mind immediately, and this is, since I am a convert to the Catholic faith, of course, I, um, my, my faith has become much more sacramental um, from my po- Protestant times to now my Catholic times. So are sacraments miracles? Are they, are they the Holy Spirit, when the, the work that the Holy Spirit does in and through the sacraments, can we consider them in and of themselves miracles? You know, I'm glad you asked that, Patrick, because this morning I was um, celebrating Mass and preaching at St. Anthony of the Desert Church in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, just outside oh, yeah. Milwaukee. And I, I mentioned to to the congregation that I was going to be on the Inner Life show today. And I said, you know, one of the questions that we have for our listeners is, do you have an experience of a miracle in your life? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I I imagine that behind that question is, of course, you know, have you experienced a healing or, or seen um, something that, you know, is, is uh, uh, an example of God's power breaking into the world. And I said, but right here, and our gospel today was from Luke chapter 24, 
where the apostles, uh, the two disciples, their eyes are opened when Jesus breaks bread. And I said, right here, you know, we need to have eyes of faith that are open to the sign that we are going to see in a little while, where through the words of Jesus, the bread and wine are going to miraculously be changed and transformed into the very body and blood of Jesus. And so uh, I think you're right, Patrick, the sacraments are signs, they are miracles, and every time we go to Mass, we're present at a miracle. And uh, this is something that I, I think, you know, all of us, especially during this time of Eucharistic revival, um, right. we need to ask the Lord, help my eyes of faith to be uh, more clear, that I may believe what I'm seeing here, that this bread and wine, even though they look like bread and wine, to believe that through the words of Jesus, they really have miraculously been changed into his very body and blood. I'm I'm glad to hear you say that, Father, because um, I, it just brings to mind a story of a, of a, a relationship that I have with a, a friend who has said that, yeah, you know, it, it would just be so much easier to believe if I had, if I witness a miracle. And uh, my response was, all right, well, I'm going to mass tomorrow. You want to come with? <laughs> you know, if you want to witness a miracle, <laughs> there, there you, you go. Right. It's right there, yes. Um, right. And, of, of course, what he was referring to, and just as what you said, Father, too, is that sometimes we just kind of relegate the miraculous to something that we that we visibly take in, that we, like Thomas, that we put our fingers into the nail prints and into his side, you know, that sort of thing. We we touch it, we, we encounter with our senses rather than with eyes of faith. But I think you're making the important distinction that um, miracles aren't always uh, understood through our senses, correct? Uh, that's right. Um, you know, that's where it, it comes down to a matter of faith. You know, the old line, seeing is believing, really right. isn't true. Uh, right. Seeing is knowing, uh, but belief means we, we don't see. And yet, you know, throughout history, this is, it always boggles my mind that throughout history, there have been confirmed miracles. Um, one of the biggest was tens of thousands of people gathered in Fatima in 1917. And there was a phenomenon of the sun spinning in the sky and looking like it was going to fall down and crash into the earth. And people who were drenched by a a rainstorm, uh, suddenly their clothes were dry. Um, and this was even reported in a, a an atheist newspaper at the time that all of this happened. And and yet how quickly people look at that and, and they try to dismiss it as, well, it must have been some kind of solar phenomenon that we just can't explain, but it wasn't supernatural. It was natural. We just haven't been able to explain it. Um, So I I think between that and the stories of Eucharistic miracles and incorrupt bodies and there's any number of (laughs) things that have happened that are signs, but um, unfortunately many people uh, dismiss them as, as somehow being natural and not supernatural. Yeah, yeah, interesting on that. So, you know, Lord, have mercy on us. Uh, even the greatest sign of all the incarnation of our Lord and his death and resurrection on our behalf, uh, miraculous in and of themselves, and uh, we tend to dismiss those pretty regular, readily. So, um, well, we are talking about miracles today here on The Inner Life. When was a time that you had a miraculous encounter, um, whether it happened to you, you, you yourself or if it happened to someone that you know, uh, you love? What does it, what does 
has it done? What has it done for the faith, your faith or the faith of those around you? Give us a call. Uh, tell us your story, 888-914-9149. Or if you have a question about miracles or about a particular event, um, ask our spiritual director, Father James Kavivaki, today, 888-914-9149, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a short break. Still much more to come, so stay with us. Today, we'd like to thank Romeo, who is listening in California, for donating his BMW. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, who, uh, you know, he gives retreats and missions around the country. So, Father, just uh, curious, you got any retreats coming up? Well, I'm glad you asked, Patrick. You know, I'm going to be this coming weekend, Divine Mercy weekend, I'm going to be in the Chicago area. So we have a Jesuit retreat house called Bellarmine. Bellarmine yeah. Jesuit Retreat House. It's uh, Barrington, Illinois, uh, northwest suburb of Chicago, um, within easy distance from Milwaukee. That's where I'll be driving down from on Friday. And we're going to begin on, on Friday evening and go until about noon on Sunday. We'll have mass and uh, some talks about mercy and how to live mercy, how to be as merciful as our Heavenly Father is. So it's it's a great opportunity to uh, to make a retreat, and I'd love to see some of our uh, relevant radio listeners uh, there on retreat this coming weekend. Oh, that's very good. That's very good. Where can they find out more, Father? Well, you can uh, go uh, and do a little uh, search on the Internet if you put in jesuitretreat.org. Uh, simply Jesuit, J-E-S-U-I-T, retreat.org. Or you can also do a, a search and look up Bellarmine Retreat or Barrington Retreat, anything like that, and you'll you'll be able to quickly go to uh, the Jesuit Retreat House, Bellarmine oh, yeah. Retreat House in Barrington, Illinois. Yeah, I see it. Very good. Very good. Yes. Well, excellent. I hope that, uh, hope that uh, some people, some of our very faithful, relevant radio, inner life listeners can join you there this weekend. Um, and then, you know, as we're talking about miracles, Father, and uh, we've got calls coming in, so I want to, uh, we will get to those calls. But I wanted to ask you first because one of the one of the favorite things, with favorite miracle stories that I like to hear, are the miracles that are part of people's causes for canonization. And I understand that you have a specific story about Saint Claude, was it, and what what uh, in his mm -hmm. cause for canonization. Right. St. Claude uh, La Colombière was the spiritual director for St. Margaret Mary, who uh, was the apostle of the Sacred Heart. Our Lord yeah. appeared to her and uh, called for great devotion to the Sacred Heart. Well, he was beatified in 1929, and for years, Jesuits were praying and hoping for his canonization. Well, in 1990, uh, Father John Houle was a Jesuit priest who had been a missionary in China and basically had been imprisoned in China when the communists took over, uh, came back uh, kind of broken, and uh, in 1990, he was dying of pulmonary fibrosis, mm. and his cardiologist had him on um, oxygen. He went unconscious uh, 
the doctor said he's not going to last for two days. He, he's bound to die in the next couple of days. Well, Father Frank Parrish, who uh, was a Jesuit priest in California, uh, came with a relic of St. Claude and put this relic on Father Houle and prayed through the intercession of St. Claude that Father Houle would be uh, healed. And and he basically, while Father Houle is unconscious, he said, don't worry, you're going to be okay. We're going to have a miracle here, uh, mm-hmm. showing great faith in uh, St. Claude. Well, Father Parrish then left within... Th- the next day, the very next day, Father Hu was sitting up in bed and asking for pizza, <laughs> where he had been unable to really eat. Uh, he, he wanted some pizza, and uh, he left the hospital, and he lived for another uh, five or six years um, and did not die of pulmonary fibrosis, as wow. the doctors had predicted. So wow. this was the... Uh, healing that led to his canonization, and it took place um, in the um, hospital of a wonderful group of sisters, the uh, Carmelite Sisters of the Divine Heart of Jesus of Los Angeles. So I want to give them a shout out. It happened at St. Teresita, one of their hospitals, and um, uh, the good sisters were taking care of Father Houle, and um, he was cured right there in their hospital. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. Of course, I do have to ask, Father, because I know our producer Nick Sedovich and I are we're we're waiting on tender hooks here. Did he get pizza? <laughs> did Father Hool <laughs> get the pizza? He did get pizza. Okay. Oh, great. He did great. get the pizza. <laughs> okay. All right. Just you know, just trying to be clear about that. All right. Let's go to the phone. What a great! It's a great healing story. And if you have a story of a miraculous encounter in your life, give us a call. We're going to take some phone calls now, but our number here at The Inner Life is 888-914-9149. Let's go to Christopher, who's been waiting very patiently, uh, calling in from Fresno, California. Christopher, thanks for waiting. Thank you. Happy Easter to you both. Happy Easter. Many blessings to you. I wanted to share uh, 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 what I know is a miracle. I no doubt is a miracle. Um, some years ago, I got severely ill with uh, valley fever, and the prognosis was either death, well, brain damage, severe brain damage, or death because the disease was traveling through my body. So for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was ill, fevers. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was my body. I lost about 45 pounds, and the prognosis wasn't good. I thought I was doing all the right things as a Christian, as a Catholic, and and thought, you know, I'm going to be strong and I'll offer this up. But one day, uh, with the nightmares I was having because of the fevers, 105 fevers at night, I I couldn't take any more, and I dropped to my knees and I said, Lord, your will be done. I I didn't ask for a cure. I didn't ask him to heal me. I just said, Lord, if if you're going to take me, then you, you take take me. Um, if I'm going to be brain damaged, then, then so be it. I, now, I worked with individuals who had brain damage, who, were, who had issues and were in accidents, had traumatic brain injury, and I knew what could happen. So I just said, Lord, your will be done. And I offered, and, and I couldn't take any more, really, because I broke down crying. And I said, I, I can't do this anymore, but I will, will um, give myself to you in whatever way uh, and that night, after that, um, I finally slept through the whole night. I had never, I hadn't done that for for several months uh, because of the illness. Uh, and I just knew when I woke up that I was going to be okay. I went to the doctors the next day. I had to see him, and the 
the uh, medicine they were going to give me, I just said, I'm going to be okay. I don't need it because it was actually more dangerous to have that at the time. Uh, and the doctor said, how do you know? I said, I don't know, but I found this piece. And I know it's because in my heart, I was going to be okay. That night that I slept through, I was going to be okay. I didn't have the nightmares that I had. I didn't have these demons chasing me. But I know it was a miracle and a blessing. And that was uh, 25 years ago now. I, I was supposed to be dead, and I'm not. And I'm here, and I'm talking to you, and I'm sharing this story because I know that it was a blessing. And I just want to say I never asked for any sign. And I never asked for the healing. I just asked God for his will to be done. Wow. Christopher, thank you so much for that story. Uh, and praise God, my goodness. I, you know, what I would say, um, the lesson from this is, is, first of all, whenever we pray, um, that should be our prayer. That was the prayer of Jesus in the garden. Father, not my will, but yours be done. And, and when we can surrender to God's will, as you did, say, you know, surrendering, saying, your will be done, Lord, if you want me to be brain dead, if you want me to die tonight, um, but I'm in your hands, I give myself to you. Um, when we surrender like that, um, one of the, um, I, I guess, the effects of that in, in our lives can be a, a great peace and and God can work through that peace, bringing about healing. Uh, so I I really uh, believe that your story is is going to be helpful for so many of us. That while we may pray for a healing or a miracle, um, the greatest miracle can often be um, our surrendering to God's will and the peace that 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 brings us. Uh, in your case, you were also healed. Um, physically. And uh, I think that's a sign that the Lord wanted you uh, around to share this story with us today and, uh, you know, at other times in your life. So thanks so much, Christopher. Yeah, thanks be to God, Christopher. Great story. And we're grateful that uh, the Lord's will was done and He and that he willed to, uh, to heal you and to keep you alive and listening to Relevant Radio, so you can call in and share your testimony with all of our listeners. Thank you, Christopher, for that. Let's go now to John, who's calling in from Austin, Texas. John, welcome to The Inner Life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Happy Easter. Yeah, yeah my, um, my youngest daughter, about seven years ago, was in a horrible car wreck, has a traumatic brain injury from it. Uh, she didn't have a seatbelt on. She ended up underneath the uh, dashboard. And um, when she was in the hospital... One of the things that kept happening happening to her was her left lung kept collapsing, and the doctors came to us and said she has a horrible infection in it. And they kept doing stuff to try to correct it, and they came in one day and said, "Well, you know, we think we're going to have to remove the lung because it we just can't keep it get it to heal uh, to do anything." So I asked the doctor if he would wait until the next day to make his decision that we were going to pray uh, to our Blessed Mother, uh, to Our Lady of Guadalupe. And at that time, we sent out a note to all of our friends to please do the rosary and ask Our Lady to heal our daughter, her lung. And um, at the same time, I got a text from my, my niece who said she had a friend at the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe and wanted to know what we needed prayers for. And I said, well, obviously, it was to heal her lung. The next day, the doctor came in and did tests again. The blood work had changed, so then he looked at the lung again, 
And he came back and he said, your daughter's lung is healed. We don't need to remove it. So it was a great miracle for us. Oh, oh my. John, that is, a, a you know, uh, it's very moving to hear, uh, especially how you trusted and, and you said, look, let's let's wait one one more day and uh, and and to turn to the Lord uh, and and to pray through uh, Our Lady Guadalupe's intercession um, and then to have uh, that wonderful uh, healing occur. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's it's something that you've been able to share with others to um, invite them to have that same kind of faith and and to say you know don't give up but keep praying. Thank you, John. Wow, yeah, very good, John. Another great testimony. Thanks be to God for his uh, yeah his healing coming coming to you, coming to your daughter in in such a critical time. Thanks be to God. And Father, I mean, we've got more phone calls. We will take them um, as if, as they're coming in here. But uh, I think it might be it might be good to just throw in at, at this time um, consideration that you know sometimes people will pray fervently for something that would seem mm. to be well within the Lord's will, but it doesn't happen. I mean, what happens when miracles right. don't happen? When we pray for a miracle and it doesn't happen, what should our attitude be? Well, I, and that's where I think uh, Christopher's call was was so important that when we pray, we always pray, "Thy will be done." And you know, we that raises the question, you know, well, why isn't it God's will that this person be healed? Um, why isn't it that, that everyone who has gone to Lourdes in France has not experienced a physical healing there? Why some and not everyone? And that's part of a mystery. We we don't know. Uh, why miracles happen in some cases and and not in others, even though we pray and pray. Uh, sometimes the answer that we get into our prayer is, is no, that somehow or another for God's greater glory and for the good of the person, um, the Lord wants to take them rather than allow them to be physically healed or uh, whatever it may be. Um, and, and so you know, we have to, at that point, have the faith to surrender to God's will and to say, not my will, but yours be done, Lord, and to trust. You know, this is where divine mercy comes in, the prayer, Jesus, I trust in you. I trust that no matter what happens here, whether there is a miracle or not, I trust that it will be for our ultimate good. Because while physical healings are beautiful, they're, they're temporary. Uh, the body that is healed physically will one day uh, sicken or weaken or die. And so the, the greatest miracle is uh, to um, realize that the Lord wants us to have eternal life with him uh, through his resurrection forever and, and to ask the Lord to give us whatever grace we need to, to come to that ultimate healing of life in heaven. Right. Absolutely. And just a, a good word. I mean, we still not knowing the way that God is going to answer a prayer doesn't mean we should withhold our prayers. And so, again, um, if we don't get to all the calls that are coming in today, I do want to encourage people and remind you that you can always call in to, uh, with praying the chaplet with Drew at 3 p.m. Central or praying the family rosary across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio, taking your prayer requests and hearing about the way that God has provided in specific situations that 
that you for which you have asked prayer. Here on the Inner Life, though, as we're speaking about miracles today with our spiritual director, Father James Kubicki, I'd like to invite you to call in with any testimonies or questions that you have about miracles, 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149, or send us an email at innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with more of your calls on miracles right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society. Not available in all states. And we're back here on The Inner Life. Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to our producer, Nick Sendovich, as well as Thomas Engeser, taking some of your phone calls as well. And our spiritual director today is Father James Kubicki, spiritual director at St. Francis de Sales Seminary, and leading a retreat this weekend and many weekends throughout the year around the country. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We have Carol, who's calling in from Stillwater, Minnesota. Carol, thank you for calling. Well, thank you for taking my call. I'm calling, um, I belong to a prayer group at the, our church, and we're praying for a young woman who's dying of cancer, and we're petitioning on, on kind of a newbie, Michelle Dupong. Have you heard of her? Uh, I think her bishop made her a servant of God, and she. I think she has one miracle um, Okay, but we're kind of praying right now that she uh, cure this young woman that is dying of cancer. And we're kind of uh, wondering, I'm kind of wondering if I should go try to get a relic. Would that help? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, how do you spell her last name? Is it D-U-P-O-N-T? No. D-U-P-P? Okay, I yeah, okay. I've I've not heard of 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 her, um, though I know there are a lot of different uh, holy people, servants of God, who uh, uh, their cause for canonization, beatification, has been opened up. Um, and I'm not sure, uh, Carol, where you would find a relic of her, um, but. I I think that certainly um, you know is is helpful. the The tricky thing is that we we not think of it as magic. You know that well now well it the healing cannot occur unless there is a relic. But it is one way that God wants to show to us that He is alive and active through the saints. And mm-hmm. uh, um, so um, I would say it. it it would be a good idea if you could obtain a relic of of, of the servant of God, Michelle, that you would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, our producer Nick had said that he she is a or was a focused missionary in North Dakota, and it's D U P P O N G Michelle ah. Dupong. Yeah, um, made uh, made some news around well, kind of the middle of the year last year, I believe. And yeah, but uh, yeah, excellent, um, good question, Carol. And uh, and are there other ways? I mean, uh, on the one hand, Father, we don't want to be 
seen as like we're trying to manipulate God's action, right? But on the other hand, we also know that God wants us to pray and to pray with faith and to trust in his provision. So are there ways of navigating that where we're not trying to manipulate the Lord, but at the same time trying to have great faith? Yeah, you know, it, it, from the very beginning. So we, we began our show talking about Acts chapter 3. And if if we go to Acts chapter 8, just five chapters later, um, there was a man who uh, wanted the same uh, healing power that he saw happening uh, through Peter and through, through the apostles. And so he offers to buy uh, the power. Um, his name is Simon the Magician. And um, basically, um, when he came forward and, and um, you know, asked for this power and said, I'll pay you, um, Peter said to him, this is a quote from Acts chapter 8, may your money perish with you because mm. you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. Right. You have no share or lot in this matter for your heart is not upright before God. Repent of this wickedness. And so um, this is where I, I think it's so important for us not to think of this as magic, you know, that I have to have the right word, pray the right novena, um, or whatever it may be. Uh, but ultimately, where the attitude we should have, again, is, Lord, uh, you know, bring glory to yourself, um, bring glory to your saints, uh, your will be done in all things. Uh, but if it be your will, please bring healing to this person that we're praying for. Mm. So I think the Lord does want us to trust our prayers uh, and and to pray with faith, um, but ultimately uh, leave the results and surrender to God. Yeah, thy will be done. All right, very good. Uh, let's take another phone call. Thank you for that one, Carol. Tracy is calling in from Austin, Texas. So Tracy, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Oh, thank you so much. I, I just have to profess a miracle that happened to me shortly before uh, Christmas of just this past year. Our uh, parish had a prayer mission uh, scheduled, and for weeks prior, we were just encouraged to come and ask for a miracle, ask for healing. It was a healing mission, and uh, it was a three-night uh, happening, and I just decided going to go ask for healing of the arthritis in my hands and the pain, um, thinking that, you know, I'm just going to ask what I can either be blessed or not, but healing will happen to people. And so it was, it was a phenomenal event. Um, people were were extremely moved. Uh, yes, there were some dramatic events where people would be, you know, praying with hands on and people would collapse. It's just like you see on TV, but it was real. And um, mm -hmm. by the third night, um, I felt like my hands possibly were not hurting. But when I got my hands on, I felt a sensation in my leg because I had just decided, well, I'm going to ask for my varicose veins to be healed too. Why not? You know, he's, you know, the, the lead, uh, 
minister was saying, ask, this is the time to ask for yourself, not the other people you've always prayed for. You need to ask for yourself what you need. And so I said, okay, God, I would love to have my varicose vein healed. And I felt a, a, a sensation in my leg, and I kind of thought, oh, geez, you know, if I were standing up, would I have fallen down? You know, just sort of a thought. But then after a couple of days, I realized my hands did not hurt, although the joints were still swollen. And then as I was out of habit, uh, putting my leg up, I just always sitting down, I would rest the leg on a stool. I, I thought, wait a minute, my leg doesn't hurt, those veins. And I looked down and they were gone. And wow. it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, I kept looking at them, holding it. You know, what's going on here? And I thought, wait, I felt them. They're not there. They're gone. And I, I thought, I'm I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm, I'm healed. A, a miracle happened to me. And so I thought, okay, now I have to tell everyone I know what happened. I mean, it worked. Hmm. It absolutely worked. I, I received a miracle. I asked for I went to the group. I said, somebody's going to be healed and may as well be me. I'm asking. <laughs> Well, maybe that that brings up a great point there, Tracy. Thanks for thanks for calling in. Great testimony. But um, what about that, Father? Is it, should we always be praying for other people, or should we are we okay praying for ourselves as well? Well, obviously, Tracy, you know, was asked uh, to um, was given the opportunity to to pray and encouraged to pray for herself. And um, yeah, I I think it's it's important as members of the body of Christ, that we do pray for one another. But that doesn't mean we can't pray for ourselves as well and and ask for the Lord to heal us. Again, always your will be done. But um, it's, it's always remarkable how the Lord is at work uh, through one another and the encouragement that Tracy received to just ask and just ask for healing for yourself and and not just the arthritis go for the whole thing go for that's the right. veins as well so that's right uh, it's 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 <laughs> praying with faith is what I see there <laughs> I love it yeah I love Tracy I loved the uh, yeah if somebody's gonna be healed it might as well be me <laughs> I like that very much yeah. all right we've got Teresa who's calling in from Flagstaff Arizona Teresa welcome to the the inner life. Thanks for calling. Hi, thanks for having me. I just wanted to share briefly um, a testimony for my fiance, who is currently on hospice. Um, and although I'm still praying for a physical miracle and physical healing for him, um, he had a great spiritual healing. Um, Right before we started dating, I was going through the process of becoming a missionary, but I would be gone for three years um, with a Catholic company. And um, there was just something, I was just like, I don't know, I don't know. And the mission company and I decided together that it wasn't a no, but it was a not yet. Um, and I started dating this guy um, who turned out to be my fiance now. Um, and he's very not Catholic. He had a very hard journey and a hard life, a very broken family he came from. And um, he just, I was able to get him to start coming to church with me. I didn't want to force him to do anything, but it was always the prayer that he would start coming with me. Um, and he did, and we started going through our SAA. And then um, he was supposed to get baptized this Easter, but um, because he ended up becoming terminally ill with um liver cirrhosis and kidney failure 
they ended up baptizing him in the hospital, um, which I got to be there for. Um, and we've had a few different scares where we, we think it's going to be the last little bit, and then he just keeps fighting. Um, and I've just been able to tell him, you know, like, you're the evidence that someone can change. Um, and I'm so happy that I was able to be here and and be with you through this baptism journey and that I was able to lead you to God um, before you know, anything happens to you. Yeah. Boy, Teresa, thank you for sharing that story uh, because, uh, you know, it, it, it shows how God works, you know, that you weren't going, uh, it wasn't the timing wasn't right for you to go on the mission trip, uh, missionary work. And in, instead the Lord made you a missionary by putting you, uh, in the life of this, this, uh, this man and the spiritual healing that you talk about and the fact that he could be baptized, which is, you know, the greatest thing that can happen to us, uh, um, what's his name? Because, you know, I'm sure uh, I and, and our listeners, we, we would like to pray for him. Without a doubt. His name's Stephen. Mm. Stephen, okay. All right. Well, we, we'll be praying for him and for you too, Teresa. But thank you for, for sharing that, that story uh, of a different kind of, of healing, a different kind of miracle. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we will join with you in prayers for his physical healing, leaving it in the Lord's hands, of course, Teresa. But again, I would encourage you and all of our listeners who are praying for a miracle uh, to call in, to listen to, to pray with, but also to call in to the Chaplet of Divine Mercy that Drew leads every day, 3 p.m. Central, and then also the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky, 7 p.m. Central. Great places and times to do that. Well, Father, we've only got a couple minutes left here, so... I wanted to just wrap up our discussion on miracles um, with, I guess, just a, an understanding, again, of miracles' place in our life of faith. We, we've, we've said that, um, you know, they are signs, but Jesus says don't, um, you know, don't always just rely on the signs. So maybe, um, especially in cases where we don't see those prayers answered, how can we continue to foster a healthy, rich, robust faith? Well, it's, you know, faith, I always like to say, is, is like a, a, a spiritual muscle. And the only way you get muscles or that you keep muscles is through exercise. And so I, I think uh, to have a robust faith basically means um, that in those situations that seem um, uh, confusing to us or uh, troubling to us to again make that act of faith and say lord i believe help my unbelief i believe that um ultimately you are at work you are active and alive uh you're not answering the prayer the way i want you to but i put my faith in you alone thank right. you lord amen amen to that father james kavicki has been our spiritual director father may we have your blessing please happy to do that Lord God, we thank you for all the miracles that you have performed through Jesus and his body, the church. We ask you to give us the great miracle of faith that we may believe even in difficult times. And may your blessing, Father, come upon all our listeners in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And special prayers for Stephen's healing as well. Let's continue keeping him in our prayers. Thanks for joining us today on The Inner Life. Tomorrow, we are actually going to be tackling doubt, so tune in for that. Next up is Mass. Until next time, grace and peace.